Hey guys, this is the Beyond the Dojo podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jeremiah. This and is, this is your, your part to do the funny thing. Oh. This is like the guy with the stick where he pokes the whatever. Do something funny. Do something funny, right? Yeah. Um. So today we we uh we uh, we were at the local flea market, which is a big deal in the, in the area we are, and, and uh, we ran across a lot of our old students. You know. Um, yeah, actually, we ran across like four or five of them. Right? Actually, six of them. Right, and then there was a couple that dodged us, like seriously dodged us. Oh, really? Yeah, um, like this one one girl that um, used to train with you also, she saw us and was like, oh my gosh, and kind of like dipped and moved, like, <laughs> like literally tried to hide from us, like we were going to do scold them or something, right? <laughs> right? And then we had a couple that came up to us, even though, mm-hmm. you know, they, some of them might have been afraid of me or had issues with me. They were still they were still cool about you know coming up and saying hey how you doing and mm-hmm. all that and I thought that was really interesting to watch the different dynamics of people and how even though you know I would like to say that we teach our, our students more than just karate mm-hmm. you know that we, we teach them to be straightforward honest people mm-hmm. you know be direct and, and, and confident in what you do even in, in situations that are just not the greatest socially or so, somewhat awkward you know right. and it was cool to see the the four of them that came up together, uh, how they interacted with us, Mm -hmm. even though they, you know, through the grapevine, we know that some of them were really uncomfortable, (laughs) you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, it was, it was cool to see that, that that even in their own way, they, they not, not to say we taught them that, but they had that in them. Right. You know, I'm sure their parents have taught them those things. We know their parents very well Mm -hmm. and they, they're good people. Right. Yeah. But it's it's just to see the contrast. It's hard. It's hard to like, when you when you step away from something because you feel bad because right. you're like I don't really want to dis- I don't want to disappoint my instructor you know we have this relationship now I feel bad I feel obligated right. so you know it's always awkward in social situations I guess for some people but right so for me the funny thing was that the girl that I that dodged us I would be looking around the crowd and I would see her and I would just start staring at her <laughs> oh no <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Okay, after because, we get off here, you're gonna have to tell me who it was because I don't actually know. <laughs> um, it's just, just it's the natural jerk in me, I guess. So yeah. I had to do Staring it. Staring people down. Just because I knew they up. felt awkward and they couldn't, you know. So we're just gonna make it worse. Well, whatever. See, I do that with conversations. I'll just call out the thing, the awkward thing. Yeah, but you know, I knew that. She, let's be real. Yeah, I would do that too in a conversation mm-hmm. if they were bold enough to talk to me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, I guess I have this resting bitch face mm-hmm. that just keeps people at their distance. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sorry. Um, so they they kind of don't want to be around us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yikes! Uh, I'm pretty sure some of y'all can relate to that, where students just kind of try to avoid you at all costs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, and sometimes you feel like, oh man, I must have really did something bad to them. You yeah. know, but after some experience, you realize it's them. That they're just uncomfortable with the situation, right. or they felt like they—it's a sign that they let themselves down to me. Sure. You know, they, they knew they had something there, and they could have kept with it. They just—they didn't. Didn't it, endeavor through it, you know. In general, a lot of people will avoid having conversations with people that they know, just because it's awkward and you haven't seen each other in a while, and you don't want to have to deal with the awkwardness of it. But there's just an extra layer when you were. You know, when you Some stepped kind of away from yeah. something or you were you were committed to something for a long time, I'm sure that even other organizations and sports coaches oh, yeah. and pastors, they, oh, yeah. sure they all deal with that. Oh, I totally get it. And I, at least we didn't have to deal with the lie to your face. Oh, I'll be back at the dojo. And I was, you know, I missed it. And da, da, da. 
man, no. that that one of those situations, it's hard for me not to like call him out. Like you're full of, you're yeah. full of it. Right. I don't want to hear it. Right. You know, so it's there cool you go. That you're not training anymore. Look, even this is this is my thing. This is what I tell students too. If you choose not to do karate anymore, that's okay. Yeah. I'm still gonna love it, and I'm still gonna, gonna do, do it. it. Exactly. So it doesn't matter to me if you don't like it and you decide you want to step away from it. Yeah, it and then make me look, look at you any differently. Right, and then for me, it's like when I know someone's about to quit, like mm-hmm. you, you kind of get the feeling, yeah. you get that gut feeling. Oh you know? yeah. And I always tell them, I always say these things, these statements, these like blank statements that I'm talking to them, but I'm really not saying it to their face. I'm like, you know, karate's not for everybody, mm-hmm. and that's just a given. And, and some people will stick with it, and some people won't, and it's right. just part of it. But uh, and then I said, a lot of people it ebb and flow. Sometimes they'll do career training for a while. They'll take a couple of years off. They'll come back, train for a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll stay for a long time. Maybe they won't. But that's just part of it. Right. And I try to ease them out of that, you know, that feeling of guilt and, and shame. Because they shouldn't, you know. Right. We know. Karateka, no. It's not for everybody. Right. We're a special breed. Not like special breed, but special breed. Like, we have, like, this thing in us that just kind of, this grittiness, I guess. Mm-hmm fortitude where we just we, we grind it out right and a lot of people aren't about that so mm-hmm. we're good yeah yeah lauren brings the funny stories i bring the sarcastic like oh this is odd it was funny <laughs> somewhat i mean i'm not really <laughs> laughing that much it's fine it's funny like haha or funny like huh <clears throat> well so today we're going this has also been something that we've been discussing for quite some time uh privately but then also the past few episodes at least we've talked about this and we referenced this so we want to talk about it in this episode what to do when your students are getting ideas and watching other YouTube. martial artists on YouTube? Yes. Um, yeah. I'd like to start out and say this. I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. I'm not against it. Yeah. But I, I tell these kids when they come in and, you know, they got their belt test and next thing you know, they show up the next class and they know half the kata. Or adults. Or adults. They know, you know, they go or ahead teens. or whatever, any student, mm-hmm. right? They show up and they know the half the kata that you know you didn't teach them, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, hey, where'd you learn that from? And and sometimes it's a, a sibling, mm-hmm. and I, I really can't put that down because I, I like the fact that the siblings, they're interacting and they're right. using karate to kind of bond together. Mm-hmm. So I don't put it down, but I'm like, you know, there's certain things you have to do. And I make that clear to them, like, you have to hit these marks. Mm-hmm. And then they, they realize that, yeah, I know the moves, but I don't know the kata mm-hmm. in a sense. It's the ones that like constantly reference YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, well, this guy does it this way or this guy does it that way. Start talking about kata and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, <sighs> yeah. And we have to have these talk, like you know, karate is not exactly the same for everybody. Different organizations emphasize different things. At our dojo and what we expect mm-hmm. are these things, dude. And that's a tough conversation because there's a lot of nuance to why people do things differently i mean right. some of it is technical some of it is political and you're having to basically have this convert this multifaceted conversation with this student who's right. probably pretty young in their in their training life and you're trying to explain to them like we have a standard style but you know everyone mm. is doing it slightly different why well, to be honest with you, I have all these different reasons, and we have to choose whether or not we want to go into that with a student. That can right. be pretty tough. Right. For the younger students, I generally say it's a martial art. And right. Like all art, there's different interpretations. We get the political, politically correct answer. Right. And then we try to like, kind of, I kind of express that, you know, this is that's the way they do it. 
um, this is the way we do it, and then I give a reason why we do it that way. And what we mean is they're wrong and we're right. No. Not what, we mean. <laughs> what, what, what I'm trying to say is this, is that not everything is right or wrong. Not everything's black and white and karate. Sure. It, and I, I kind of accept that kids are going to use YouTube. Kids are going to use social media. Right. They're going to, they're going to, if they're interested, that's what they're going to do nowadays. That's mm -hmm. what technology has brought to us. Mm -hmm. So we have to embrace that. I think we have more teens and adults that are doing that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you know, for adults, it's just a matter of showing them why. And I think that's important too, because the, the thing about learning something in person versus learning it over YouTube and even in an online setting, like an online, like zoom setting has a little bit more depth to it well a lot more depth to it than just learning something from YouTube yeah. because there's more space to explain why yeah. there's more space to apply it to the specific person there's more there's more of an opportunity to provide alternative like points of view on the same thing right. or explain it in a way that makes more sense just because someone explains something even really well and they're really articulate on YouTube that might not really make sense to the person who's watching it. So they're right. watching someone do a kata and the person's explaining this move this way or showing it a certain way. And maybe they really mean something slightly different than what they said, but the person is interpreting it, right. you know, it's just language. So it could be that. Yeah. 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 Um, and then those that persist on saying, oh, it's this way and they, they kind of get a little full of themselves and, and, you know, are hard headed to the, uh, the, the explanations or the reasons why we do different things. I just simply lay it out to them. Look, you're testing in our dojo mm -hmm. under our standards. Right. This is what we expect. Yeah. If you're okay with that and you choose to train at our dojo, this is what we want. Yeah. You could go somewhere else and you could train with other people, but this is what we're looking for. And I just emphasize that. I know it sounds harsh, but well, the reality of it all is like, why are you going to pay us to teach you if you're just going to learn on YouTube? Right. Yeah, so. and and I mean. Every, obviously, well, I guess we'll get into the, the more positive aspect of it in a minute. But um, to me, the harder discussion is not so much about, like, kata sequence. Like, sometimes someone will do a move slightly different. Right. I think that's easier to, to work around as opposed to an entire technique like, or, like, um, the mechanics of a technique mm. being totally other. When you're starting to get into nuance, especially, and or maybe you haven't introduced certain nuances of a technique to someone because it's not at their level yet, right. and they're watching another instructor explain these details of how to do something, and it's not something that we necessarily agree with. We haven't gotten to that point to like to broaden this person's horizon. We haven't gotten to the point to, to, to build on what they actually know mm -hmm. to be able to get them to that point. That's a tough conversation also. Yeah, for me, um, a, the prime example is when you do front kick and you have the pendulum idea. Sure. And, and he's, you, got, you got intermediate students trying to apply this idea mm -hmm. and they completely are getting it wrong. Right. You know, it's, they, they want to, they want to pivot through their shoulders and throw their hips forward and lean back and all that. Back, yeah. And it's, you know, you have to show them why they don't do that and why it happens. And it's simply is put the pad in front of them, let them kick it. And then they'll, they'll bounce, bounce backwards, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's that simple, mm -hmm. you know, and those nuances are easy to teach and, and kind of correct outside of that and be like, look, that's something you apply to your technique when you get to a certain level, mm -hmm. but you have to have these fundamental movements. Right. And, you know, sometimes literally they have to 
be shown why. Yeah. The hard thing for me is when they watch a person and they know enough about different people on YouTube to know their number of years of training or their rank mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, you don't have that many years of training and you don't, you're not that ranked. So why, why is it that you think you're saying something different than what this other person is saying? And we're trying to be respectful and we mm. would be respectful whether it was having a private conversation with our student or speaking to one of the students of the people on YouTube, we would still be respectful, but we just don't agree. Right. Having, trying to explain that is, is just really tough when you don't have enough of a foundation to have the conversation on because right. you're having, because like I was saying, you're having to now throw all of this training at all of these years of training that you've had, all of this understanding, trying to throw it all at them all at one time to right. bring them to the point where they can understand, they can maybe understand, Hey, this is why we don't do it this way. I just, yeah. to me, it's just so yeah, for the most part, we're 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 lucky enough that the kids that do do the YouTube thing and kind of go on with that, they understand. Like once we explain to them, hey, this is why we do it. We do it differently, you mm -hmm. know. And it could be as simple as, um, you know, we really emphasize path of the technique, uh, covering your body when you move, things like that. That, you know, in application, um, really means something. Mm -hmm. uh, performance wise, and, and the way Katha's judged nowadays. You know, it's not the same. It's not. It, it looks as if it's is not as showy. Mm -hmm. So it's literally taking a pool noodle and sticking them in the ribs in the middle of the move and be like, "Hey, yeah, why didn't you cover yourself?" You right. know, or, or bumping them on the head. Right. Those kind of lessons to, for kids to me just they seem to work. They understand. Okay, this is why we do this. Sure. Right. It's the adults and teens that are just a lot harder, or even the showdowns. Like this, man. We haven't experienced much in our dojo about that. But there's been past dojos that I've been a part of or trained with that had, you know, they would just learn the kata and go, yeah, I'm, I'm a black belt and this is what the kata is. And you're like, yeah, you miserably failed at that. Yeah. You know, um, that to me is like, <clears throat> yeah, but that that takes a certain kind of personality mm -hmm. that was unwilling to be taught anyways. I think in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. They, they want to know it for themselves and they want to do it on their own terms. They don't want it to be fed to them systematically that's the other thing is like we have a system right. there's a reason that there's standardization that there are, are syllabi right. it's because there's a certain order that you can learn things granted you can speed that up or slow it down depending on the student but there's yeah. essentially an order that you learn most concepts only because you got to learn how to be in a stance and make a proper stance before you can use the stance to generate power i mean it's right. just like simple common sense stuff so Right. You know, skipping around and grabbing ideas from YouTube, that's, ugh. Yeah. I just, I cringe when someone says, so I was watching this guy on YouTube and I'm just like, oh God, please don't. <laughs> right. And, and that's the whole problem, right? It's like, mm -hmm. but, you know, on the positive side of that, mm -hmm. it definitely makes you understand why you teach certain things a certain way. As a yes. teacher, you have to be sound in why you do things. Yeah. You know, the worst thing you tell a student is, oh, it's because that's the way I was taught. Just because, because. Right. Because we just do it that way. That's that same old montage. Uh, uh, montage? I think I used the wrong word. Of? Of, of like, just train harder. You know, oh, why sensei? Saying. Why do we do that sensei? Oh, just train harder. Mantra. Mantra. Uh -huh. Yeah. This is chain harder, do this. You know, these, these ambiguous answers to certain very detailed questions. Uh-huh. Right? They, they go, oh, train harder, or it's this or that. And you're just like, okay, you know, 
um, it makes me feel more confident in what I do. Sure. When I could tell a student, you know, this is the reason why we do this. Yeah. This is why we're doing this. This is the principle we're covering here. Yeah. And it keeps it. I think it help, helps us because we have so many people that have back history of different karate styles mm -hmm. that come into our dojo and they're like, oh, we did it this way. That's fine. We do it this way. By styles, you just mean different dojos they grew up in. Um, no, it could be like, it could be Waldo Ru or oh, Shito okay, Ru okay, or okay. any other style, and they just started back up. You know, oh, they yeah. might have done it as a child. Sure. And and you know that's the thing that people don't understand is that when you do a different style for so long, mm -hmm. it impresses on you like how to do a technique mm -hmm. so vividly that even when you start back up, it come it kind of rears its ugly head. Yeah. And it's like, well, we do it differently, mm -hmm. you know? And then, you know, some some of them kind of give you that look like, huh, and kind of smirk at you. Like, yeah, like you don't know crap. Like you don't know crap. But then I think to myself, well, why are you paying us? You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like I just right. ha I always had that question in my head. Like, why are you spending the time in our dojo mm -hmm. if we don't know what we're talking about? You know? It's like, yeah. Anyways. Well, trying to, trying to teach in a modern environment. Like we've talked right. about social media over and over again on this podcast because it's so prevalent and it's, it's consuming so many aspects of everyone's lives. Right. I mean, people market on it, people share ideas on it, people, people's egos are very present on it. I mean, social media does a lot and YouTube still falls under the social media thing, even though it's a lot more informative, I think, than other platforms right. necessarily are because it's long form content. Right. <clears throat> it's also basically a search engine. So, um, you know, there are advantages to people using YouTube. I mean, we mm -hmm. use YouTube all the time to learn how to do stuff. Right. Um, just because you're using YouTube, that doesn't necessarily mean it's correct stuff. It just right. means that you're you're viewing things. They may show you how to fix your car, but they could be wrong, <laughs> right. or it could be a different car, um, or right. it could be different issues. But um, you know, we don't want to squash someone's ambition. No, no, we want to embrace it, right? Right, and, and kind of encourage it. And for me, I would encourage black belt level and above to look at YouTube, to have new ideas, to create these these questions that they should be asking, mm -hmm. you know, to dive into their art. Because by then, Shodan is the standard met. Mm -hmm. And that you should have some freedom, some right. freedom at the beginning to start to investigate what's going on. Right. So that's the point where you have enough of an idea of basis right. that you can start to make judgment calls right. on what you're watching. You know. We have had students close to Shodan level who have watched people on YouTube and they're able to pick out differences between what we do and what they do and they're able to explain well enough why what they're doing is different from what we're doing. And I will even go so far as to say sometimes it's people doing things incorrectly, in quotes, mm. but they know the difference because they've, right. they've trained enough enough time to have an idea now that's not to say that just because you come up in a dojo and you learn a certain way up to shodan like that's how you're always going to train and then you would just always no. build off of that no. and then every time you look at youtube you're going to always be like well, you know well how does this compare to that guy well that guy's yeah. wrong because i didn't learn it that way and that guy's wrong because i didn't learn it that way it's not that but if you don't have if you don't understand a system, a system, you can't break the system. Right. If you don't understand the system, you can't break the rules of the system, and you can't start to change things. That's right. the whole idea of having standardization. Right. So when you get to Shodan level and you kind of have a little, a little bit of understanding, you at least understand the concepts that are being discussed yeah. or not discussed <laughs> in yeah. some cases on YouTube. Yep. Yep. And 
it's one thing to allow YouTube to influence you. Sure. But don't. I would encourage someone not to get into that trap you just described, where you're comparing your standardization to other people's standardization, mm-hmm. saying what's better than one or the other. You know, mm-hmm. I hate the argument. What what style's better than this? What's oh. the best style? And it's just like, dude, that's kind of one of them um, Donning Kruger. Dungeon Gruger effects where they know just enough to make a fool of themselves. Sure. Because yeah. if you really understand, it's the martial artist, not the martial art. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get the right art with the right artist, it's amazing. Right. You know? And you also have to, well, I mean, this is a whole other subject once again, but you also have, also have to keep in mind that different martial arts mm-hmm. and different karate styles were developed under different um, conditions. Right. So people always get, get in this little fight about like jujitsu brazilian jujitsu mm-hmm. versus a standing art or, or like a striking art and people will and I, I think there's brazilian jujitsu is super popular right now because people think that brazilian jujitsu is more practical mm. technically in a self-defense situation it wouldn't necessarily be because you wouldn't want to be on the ground with someone you would want to be able to hit them and run but what if that's what if that situation does fall to the ground right. then you would need that so this, it's all situational. It just right. depends on what's going on. It could be that the whole fight starts on the ground. Then karate people are basically screwed. So, I mean, there's a lot of nuance there. But you don't get all of that but usually by watching a YouTube video. Right. 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 So, you know, like, um, me personally, mm-hmm. I, I watch certain certain YouTubers, you know, that, that produce content that not necessarily is talking about a... A technique mm-hmm. talking about a nuance of the technique sure or feeling or principle they're talking about and why you would do certain things mm-hmm. that to me is more important mm-hmm. you know especially with covid well covid's kind of done by now right um but we haven't really had a seminar circuit or seminar season come back in and i don't get that i don't get fed that way normally i go to seminars to pick up nuances to kind of pick people's brains and see where they're at to, to see how it fits with me and if mm-hmm. you know Going to seminars for me or two I mean, gives me two things. It either affirms an understanding of what I do, mm-hmm. affirms yeah, or it opens my eyes to something new sure. that I'm willing to try. Yeah, you know, I rarely go to a to a seminar going. Well, I'm gonna see if this this fits in my mold. I usually say I don't have. I try not to have a mold, mm-hmm. and I try to like take this information in as best I can. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean. Um, but you do essentially. You do have one. You have some foundation. There is foundation there, but but it's, but I'm trained long enough to know where what I can and cannot do, okay. and what what I want my karate to be. Mm-hmm. But I still try to have that open idea, you know, right? And a basic understanding of, of biomechanics, mm-hmm. kinesiology, goes a long way, right? But and not to like make anyone very sad who's watching this, who's under the rank of Shodan. We've been training almost twenty years each. Or he's yeah. been training over 20 years. I've been training almost 20 years, okay? So, you know, 13, 14, 15 plus years of training, by that point, yeah, you can kind of start to decide what direction right. your karate wants to go. Before that, we're not saying, like, you can't make that decision. We're not saying that, but there's a lot of fundamental stuff that you still have to... I mean, we're still working on fundamental stuff even now, but there's so many fundamentals that have to be worked on before you start doing fancy stuff that's the danger sometimes in yeah lots of influences yeah <laughs> it's a whole other topic 
Well, that's just, but that's our, you know, let, let's be honest about that topic. It, it, everything has a time and place. Yeah. Everything has a time and place. And, and, and in the, in the context of YouTube, mm. remember that you probably have a sensei from where you're, from your right. dojo. So are you going to have two senseis or 15 senseis because you have right. one in person and then 14 that you're watching on uh, YouTube? Yeah. Well, I would encourage you to under, to remind yourself, a dojo organization, mm-hmm. they have their standards for what they want met at every rank. Mm-hmm. And if you're part of an organization and you want to go up and, and get rank, mm-hmm. then you, you follow their requirements. Mm-hmm. That's as simple as that. Right. You don't care about that crap, then do what you want to do. Oh, absolutely. Do what yeah. you want to do. Right. But if you feel like you know you want to have this this recognition of, of rank and what you're, where you stand and all that, then you need to follow your organization requirements, culture requirements. I want to make uh, an illustration real quick because I feel like this fits. Hmm. Um, a gymnast hmm. who is learning how to do gymnastics. Okay, gymnasts have unbelievably extensive training. They spend tons of time in the gym, especially at very young. Could you imagine a young gymnast watching Simone Biles the other day complete that double pike off the vault mm. and say, hey, I saw Simone Biles do this. I want to do that. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that in gym class today? Why oh, don't boy. we do that in my training today? Oh, boy. Simone Biles is an Olympic <laughs> medaled gymnast. She is One extremely high level. So you have to take into account the context of whom you're watching. Right. Sometimes the people you're watching on YouTube – they're not wrong. She said, dude, you're not there yet. They're right. so far ahead of where you are. And that's not to say you're never going to get there. But they've spent 20, 30, 40, 50 years or more in some cases training. And they're showing, maybe they're trying to show something. Like maybe they show something that's close to or just above your level. But then they also show you something that's really, really high level. And it's not because in every case they're trying to show off. Sometimes they just want to show you where you're headed. Right. So you can't always, you have to always take into con- into account the context of like, why are they showing what they're showing? And why is that video there? Right. Did that person put it on YouTube? Right. Or or if it's somebody else put it on, that, that, clip, it, that clip that you're watching could be mm-hmm. out of context. Right. It could be, sh- the person could be showing something wrong with the technique or the dangers of the technique. Right. And you're only getting a clip of it, and you're going, "Oh yeah, that's what it is," and it's right. you're completely missing the point. There are videos on YouTube of different instructors where instructors are teaching seminars, and they're showing the wrong way of doing something, and they're trying to make a point, and the clip is showing them doing it the wrong way. But you wouldn't know that if right. you didn't have a lot of training. You would think, "Oh, this is the correct way. That's what they're showing." So right. I, I need to do it this way. Yeah. All right. 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 And one of the other things I don't like about YouTube is the fact that uh, it's not bad to have multiple, you know, different variations of, of Oizuki or mm-hmm. different variations of kicks. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the, the understanding of the technique to begin with, like you, we've made this argument over and over again, then you're kind of going to, you're, you're playing with fire when you try to change the timing, change the, 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 the mechanics or technique about it. Right. To where you, you miss the whole concept, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's just, there's so many people I can think of YouTube where they, they emphasize this thing, right? And it's their thing. Mm-hmm. But they, they, A, the people that are watching or trying to emulate them 
don't understand how much work they put in beforehand to right. get there, right? right? And how much of a small... They're emphasizing the minutiae? Well, no, no. It, it's such a subtle thing. Mm -hmm. It's such a subtle part of the technique. Sure. But they're, they're, because they're teaching it, mm -hmm. they're exaggerating it. You know, all right. the, it's, it's known. You know, Nishiyama-sensei did a lot of things where he exaggerated the idea so that you can understand what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Right? Because it should be a subtle thing. And everybody said, oh, it's, it's bend the back knee and, and drop to the ground feeling. No, mm -hmm. that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he, he was trying to teach that way. Mm -hmm. He was trying to get, and a lot of teachers do that. Right. Over-exaggerate. Over-exaggerate the moment so they understand what we're trying to do in that small moment. Because mm -hmm. a lot of students don't have the eye to see it. Right. So you have to exaggerate it. Mm -hmm. and, and YouTube seems like because you have, you can put in slow-mo, that you watch it over and over again. Everything on YouTube could be over-exaggerated. Mm -hmm. Now you're exaggerating a very subtle part of a technique mm -hmm. that is actually counterproductive right. to the technique because you did so much, you so emphasized it so much that you're missing the point. Right. So, uh. so what do we have any tips for people if you are, if you're a student who's not going to listen and you're just going to watch YouTube anyway, or if you are someone who's more advanced and you're using YouTube to supplement your training or to get ideas? Do you have any uh, tips for those people? Yeah, for the first one, the student that's going to just be bullheaded and, and, you know, stubborn and do what they want to do, then my, my advice to you is be ready to take a long time to, to advance in your dojo because, uh -huh. you know, you're part of a dojo for a reason. Right. Whatever that reason is, you have to respect the dojo. Mm -hmm. You have to respect what's being taught. Right. As a young student or a stubborn student, that's what you want to do, that's fine. Do it. Mm-hmm. But does that mean don't get angry when you're you're not progressing in the dojo or not moving forward in rank? That's your choice. Right. Uh, for for those that have been training for a while and have used YouTube as an influence to their own practice, mm -hmm. I'd encourage you to try not get caught up with the short clips and try to find the longer clips where you can get more of the context of the video. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So yeah. there's a lot of one minute clips, mm -hmm. right? And if they're not deliberately made like that, to where they're this, we're talking about this, blah blah blah, and they lay it out straightforward, or it might be a clip in a seminar or whatever, mm -hmm. then I would encourage you to try to watch the a larger amount, a larger time span yeah. of it, because then you'll get the context of the whole training session, mm -hmm. and not just that one little minute. Right. Now Scott Langley does the one minute stuff where he he talks about a technique, breaks it down, mm -hmm. and then moves forward. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a quick little clip, mm -hmm. but it's deliberately made to do that. Right good with that right I can respect that because right. he's covering the bases and his his message is clear mm -hmm. it's the ones that you know you got the guy in the back background of the, of the seminar and he's he's videotaping the guy you know making a teaching point mm -hmm. but he didn't he's not sharing the entire you know 30 minutes of working on one technique he's just sharing that one minute clip of the mm -hmm. guy saying you shouldn't do this this or this right well that could be very specific and situational okay i want to make a quick point on this and this is not actually youtube even though some of the videos may have been on youtube so um there was a while where i had a teacher mentor who was trying to help me train a specific way and we had dvds of the instructor that we were trying to emulate and the problem was that those dvds were from seminars and there were specific coaching points that were being made by the instructor in the DVDs 
but the problem was that he was making those points to the students who were there. So it's not to say that every single person is being instructed to do things differently. It's just that they're doing, they have different flaws to what they're doing. And he was trying to, number one, some of the, some of the demonstrations actually showed him doing things incorrectly because he was demonstrating this, what they were doing. He's like, Hey, you're doing this wrong. And he's showing them how they're doing it wrong. And so we're seeing that and we're like, Oh, that must be how you do it. Right. Right. (laughs) But, but the other thing was, um, because they had different things wrong, he would emphasize different points in order to get them to do it correctly. So we were kind of taking all of these pieces and patchworking them together based on what we saw out of a video versus just talking to the instructor and having him explain it. What a concept. So there's a lot of danger there in, in, uh, you know, taking little snips. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the other thing I would really encourage people on uh, watching YouTube and using it as an influencer to your, your art is have a keen eye. Mm-hmm. Use critical thinking. Mm-hmm. The, if the person is super athletic and he's at his prime of his game and mm-hmm. he's doing these things that are just amazing and, you know, he's 27 years old, he's jumping up and doing these crazy stuff off the floor, right? You're 45, 50 years old, you're overweight, mm-hmm. you have knee problems already, mm-hmm. that might not be the best thing you should do. Right. You know, try to understand who that person is mm-hmm. and what they're trying to do. Be critical thinker. Be mm-hmm. a critical thinker. Think about does that apply to me? What can how can my karate benefit from it? Mm-hmm. You know, just don't don't be a sheeple. Don't just follow oh that's cool, I'm gonna do that. That looks cool. I should right. do it too. And then I blow my knees out and like, oh karate <laughs> sucks because I blow my knees out. Well, no, you blew your knees out because you're an idiot. Yeah. You know, and it's just oh Right. Yeah, don't go with the flow. So, two things. One, okay. I have two two other things that people should keep in mind <laughs> with YouTube. We really have some beef with YouTube right now, okay? <laughs> One thing is um, sometimes social media in general can bring information overload. And whenever you're working on a specific point, if you're getting a lot of input from a lot of different points of view, it can be very confusing. That's not to say that you shouldn't necessarily listen to different people or different instructors or different videos and stuff when it comes to what that is. I'll say it's always a key. It's not to say that you shouldn't listen to them at all, but sometimes it's better to start with just what one person says and try that for a little bit and then maybe add in the next thing if you're insistent on listening to multiple instructors or watching multiple YouTube videos. Try with just one thing at a time. The moment you start trying to incorporate everything, stuff starts slipping through the cracks. You can misunderstand people. What one person says could influence your understanding of what somebody else is saying and they might not have anything to do with each other. And that happens very, very often. So just take it one little bite-sized chunk at a time. Remember, we're not perfect. We don't all, and and we have the, we have the the beauty that is language, but it is also very, um, very restrictive in a lot of ways. Like I said, without having cross-cultural where you're, you're listening to a Japanese instructor using English as a second language, trying to describe something that's Mm -hmm. very, uh, either abstract or hard to kind of match together. A concept in Japanese could be described in one word Mm -hmm. while in English, it's very ambiguous, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, you kind of have to get this right. Mm -hmm. Dude, I haven't been questioning all these words. What, what are words? Why, why do we even why use Why am I even them? trying to use big words? What's a word? I, I just need to go back to my roots. Really? Oh, man. How do you, would you even use a small word for ambiguous? I don't know. Ambiguous? Yeah. Um, 
general? General. Very general. No, no, not really. I mean... Mystical? No, kind of. Okay. Anyways, here we go. (laughs) Amphibious? Amphibious. (laughs) Amphibious. Um, But the idea is that a lot of things can be lost in translation. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's... You've got to be careful. You, you... By the time you get to using YouTube a lot to influence your karate, you have to be a well-rounded martial artist. Yeah. You have to understand a lot of concepts that not only apply to your art, but to other arts also. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're looking, if you're cross-training. You, you kind of want to have a basis on both arts before you really start to, you know, go crazy with it. Yeah. But. The next thing is, <laughs> the last point is, um, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Um. To the best of your ability, try to watch to see if a person's actions match their words. Mm. And you should do this in person as well, but it's a lot harder in person because you can't use the slow-mo button in person. So when you're watching YouTube, like Jeremiah was saying, you can slow things down. You can actually go on, if you go into the corner of your YouTube video, there's little dots or, or your little settings button, you can change the playback speed to like half or 0.25 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to do that. Listen through and see what the person is teaching first and then watch to see if what they're doing actually matches their words. Now, that's right. difficult if you don't know what is correct. But if a person is explicitly describing a concept and then they're trying to demonstrate it right. and what they're doing doesn't match what they're saying, that could be a red flag. It could be that maybe they had an off day. could be that maybe they, they are not physically... Super, they're, maybe they're not that great at it yet. I mean, there's right. plenty of things where, you know, like we talked about this before, we'll tell our students, hey, you know, we're still working on this, but this is a concept we want to go ahead and share with you because it's actually really fundamental and we kind of suck and we're still working right. on it. Right. So if they watched us, they would probably see yeah, our, our actions don't always match our words. And sometimes we don't even preface it with that. Sometimes it, they just don't match right. because we're still learning. But um, especially if a person fancies themselves to be a high-level instructor, if you are watching them, and you are listening to them, and those two things don't match, then yeah, you just gotta yeah. be careful. The dog is uh, licking water. That's yeah, why it's we, very, we're gonna have to put her out when we go do this stuff now. She's becoming <laughs> a prima donna. She Please really love is. me. I need She's pets. like, oh, you're in front of the camera again. It's time for me to get a pet. It's time for me to make a lot of noise. But she looks really cute. She's got a scarf on. Come here. She looks like a sloppy drunk. Every time she drinks, she drips like half of it and down the floor. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, the other thing I would say is that. When an instructor speaks in absolutes, mm-hmm. I'd be careful of that. Mm-hmm. That's a warning sign to me. He's like, hey, it's only this way. Right. Yeah. It doesn't always only be this way. There's mm-hmm. certain things about your karate that is absolute. Mm-hmm. But those are your fundamental biomechanic movements. Mm-hmm. Your kine- How your body moves only moves properly in one way. Or in a few ways, but sometimes it's just dependent. Like there's more, more well, let's say this, the most efficient way. Sure. That's That to me is more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, be careful of absolutes. Be careful. Be careful of YouTube. Yeah. Um. So what you working on? The same thing as last week. So still Chinte. Nothing? Oh. <laughs> uh, nothing. <laughs> still Chinte. Still, chinte. Uh, you know experimenting with the differences in the stance in mm. Fudodachi and stuff. Mm. Um, you know, hip and hand rotation timing. Hip hand stance rotation timing. Yeah. That kind of stuff. 
Yeah, that's that's becoming a thing, right? That, mm-hmm. I agree with you there. Also, not sl- not uh, moving back when you transition from back stance to front stance. Mm. Mm. Which is harder than you think. For me, it's the same thing. Is that transition from fudo to zenkutsu? Mm-hmm. You know, with the reverse punch, and even with the the more difficult one is the elbow, the ampuchi. Yeah, to me, yeah. it's just because. We do so many punches, part. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we do punches and punches. It, it feels more natural, even though it's might be poorly timed. Mm-hmm. It's the empty that, that really just, it, it's hard for me to time right. It's hard for me to get that feeling, mm-hmm. especially in Chinte where it goes from the MPLG, then you shift back into back stance, knife hand block. Okay. So you got a Fudo, Zenkutsu, and then back into Kokutsu the other way, mm-hmm. right? And all three of those stances have to be hit, and they all have different positions of center, center gravity. You know, one's dead center, one's forward slightly, and then the other one is, you know, back. But since you're turning back, you're just shifting further forward. And to me, it's kind of like rattles my brain a little bit. The hard thing for me is not doing a lateral shift. So when you're going from Fudadach into Zinkusadach, yeah. when you're when you're spinning, when you're turning oh, yeah, into that center, stance, and, you're, and, you're, and, you're tur- and your hips are supposed to turn into like a slight Yakuhani, yeah. To, for your center to not move off to the right, ah, for your yeah. hips to not move, your, not your yeah. center, your hips to not move off to the right, and then try to turn back around into the back stance. Yeah, that's real difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know. Hate my life. Right, but the problem <laughs> is that you know what we end up doing is that our center stays dead metal. Like for me, it stays dead metal, right? And my oh, feet like shift, and my knees shift, and my arms shift. But oh, my your center of gravity. My center of gravity stays dead center. Oh no. And it's like. I'm making the shapes, but I'm not making the stance. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I don't not having that sh- the weight transfer sh- mm-hmm. kind of thing, and it's you know. <laughs> it's like a cool. It's like a that 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 dance. So there's that that uh, video of that African guy that his upper body stays still yeah, and his feet, feet just move, <laughs> and they turned it into like a rave video. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's you're like a traditional that. African dance. Really. I know. And it's and a you're courtship doing, dance. You're doing it. I'm doing it in karate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, yes. That's me. Go, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, well, thank you very much. For show. Sure. Don't watch that much YouTube. Don't waste your life away. Well, how much be productive How much time it. do you spend on YouTube? Oh, God. <laughs> I am a YouTube crackhead. Should we come back? Should we put down in the description box, like, how many hours this past week each of us spent on YouTube? Just compare. Mm. Who do you think wins the YouTube challenge? Obviously the one that thinks so confident, confident talking about like YouTube challenge. I don't watch as much, dude. I watch a I lot of YouTube. Dude, right? <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube, but I don't watch any TV. I rarely, rarely watch a local television uh, station or mm-hmm. show TV shows. Yeah. Uh, I'm more, I enjoy the content that I want to watch cars cars people like so I watch sumo cars like customizing cars such Um, a dude skateboarding dancing like break dancing um, you know Mm -hmm. pop and lock and stuff like that I just enjoy watching that body movement Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah that's about it unless I go on a rabbit trail and I'll watch like gold prospecting and all kinds of stuff you watch gold prospecting yeah yeah so it is what it is. <laughs> I watch like singing tutorial videos right. or like two set violin where it's like oh, it's c- like yeah. comedy music stuff. Or I'll watch. Um, uh, let's see. I have some karate people that I watch, but I don't really watch their stuff on YouTube. I'll watch. Um, I'll watch like DIY videos yeah. a lot of times if I'm going to be doing a project or yeah, like sewing too. videos and stuff. 
Um, or I'll watch like um, strength and conditioning channels where they like break down different science topics yeah. or stuff like that. And Did you listen to a lot fun. of podcasts though? Well, I, yeah, I listen to lots of podcasts and stuff. So yeah. I, I don't really need to watch it on YouTube because I'm listening to it on podcast yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'll watch. Um, so for karate videos for me, my personal, like how I use karate videos, mm-hmm. um, I use it for a tool to, to, to improve my eye. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, is the instructor doing what he's saying he's doing? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I use that a lot to kind of get my eye keen to what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I use karate tournaments and karate, like the community balance and stuff like that to see if I can see the point, see what they're doing to set the point up, footwork, distance and stuff. Um, and then, you know, karate, like, like when people do kata and stuff, mm-hmm. I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, are they dynamic in their movement? Are they doing this and that? You know, nowadays the trend is not really a very dynamic karate. It's a crisp stop and go kind of thing where it's there's not a lot of hip action. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So the modern karate stuff is what I get, I get from that. Then I go back and I try to find some older stuff, um, stuff that, you know, I've watched a lot of blue screen JK stuff. I've watched a lot of like black and white old school like horrible grainy video of older guys doing you know karate and i realized that karate is has evolved so much since then mm-hmm. because of our understanding of what our body's doing mm-hmm. that it's amazing to watch but they always have some little thing man it's like huh yeah so that's me. i'm over here laughing because you know they have asmr videos now What's on that? youtube it's not like like really quiet really quiet talking like this why where they turn the hold on i'm turning the gain up where they turn the gain up really loud on their microphone and then they take the pop filter off and they go like this because it's supposed to be some kind of sensory thing so you can do it for like karate yoy kamaite (laughs) that's an idea guys okay there you go free content go make karate asmr videos Somebody figure that out. Hmm. That was weird. It is weird. Go look up ASMR videos, okay? They're it's crazy. Alright, anyways. Okay, it's been real. It's been real. Bye. Bye.